Hello and welcome to Genesis chapter 11. The whole earth was of one language and one speech. As they traveled east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they lived there. They said to one another, come, let's make bricks and burn them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they used tar for mortar. They said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower whose top reaches to the sky and let's make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad on the surface of the whole earth. Yahweh came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. Yahweh said, Behold, they are one people and they have all one language and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing will be withheld from them which they intend to do. Come, let's go down and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So Yahweh scattered them abroad from there on the surface of all the earth. They stopped building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there Yahweh confused the language of all the earth. From there Yahweh scattered them abroad on the surface of all the earth. This is the history of the generations of Shem. Shem was 100 years old when he became the father of Arphashad, two years after the flood. Shem lived 500 years after he became the father of Arphashad and became the father of more sons and daughters. Arphashad lived 35 years and became the father of Shelah. Arphashad lived 403 years after he became the father of Shelah and became the father of more sons and daughters. Shelah lived 30 years and became the father of Eber. Shelah lived 403 years after he became the father of Eber and became the father of more sons and daughters. Eber lived 34 years and became the father of Peleg. Eber lived 430 years after he became the father of Peleg and became the father of more sons and daughters. Peleg lived 30 years and became the father of Reu. Peleg lived 209 years after he became the father of Reu and became the father of more sons and daughters. Reu lived 32 years and became the father of Serug. Reu lived 207 years after he became the father of Serug and became the father of more sons and daughters. Serug lived 30 years and became the father of Nahor. Serug lived 200 years after he became the father of Nahor and became the father of more sons and daughters. Nahor lived 29 years and became the father of Terah. Nahor lived 119 years after he became the father of Terah and became the father of more sons and daughters. Terah lived 70 years and became the father of Abram, Nahor and Haran. Now this is the history of the generations of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor and Haran. Haran became the father of Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his birth in Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham and Nahor married wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah the daughter of Haran, who was also the father of Iscah. Sarai was barren, she had no child. Terah took Abram his son, Lot, the son of Haran, 
his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. They went from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. They came to Haran and lived there. The days of Terah were 205 years. Terah died in Haran. This chapter covers the story of the Tower of Babel and then the genealogical history from that, the point of uh, Shem, Noah's son, right up to Abram, later called Abraham. This story of the Tower of Babel is an interesting story. When I was a child, I used to think they were trying to build the, because it's, you know, in the translation I read as a child, it said they were trying to build a tower to heaven. And I used to boggle my brain, how can you build a tower to heaven? You know, because, well, truth is, heaven's not even in space. It's a spiritual place. And, um, but, you know, or even the heavens, but now this translation gives us a, a, better, a better understanding to the sky. And um, because the, the heavens is one of the names for the sky. And even space is sometimes called the heavens. Uh, elsewhere in the Psalms it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. You know, that's space. And so heaven as we know it is, is not the same thing as the heavens or the sky that's talked about here in Genesis 11. So they're trying to build a really big tower, basically, the biggest tower they can build. And you'd have to say, why on earth would anyone want to build just a giant tower? And they all agreed that they wanted to do this. And uh, this is where the ancient writer Josephus helps us out by telling us uh, at least one of the reasons why they wanted to build this tower. It says that they were afraid that there was going to be another global flood. They were worried that God was going to flood the world again and so they decided they're going to build a big tower and it doesn't matter if a flood comes, they'll be fine. <laughs> they can go up the tower. Well, that's just crazy stuff because you will remember that God promised never again to flood the world. But evidently, they didn't believe him or they didn't trust him. So there's the first problem right there. They didn't trust the Lord. The second problem is that the Lord actually told them to multiply and fill the earth. So they were actually instructed by the Lord to spread out but they agreed to not spread out and to stick together and to build their city. So not only didn't they trust the Lord, they're now disobeying the Lord by not doing uh, the thing that he asked them to do. And of course, the third error here is that they're trying to provide their own method of salvation. Not only didn't the Lord, did the Lord promise not to flood the earth again, and they didn't believe it, but they're actually trying to save themselves by not trusting in God. Because Noah, of course, was saved because he did trust God. He was a man of righteousness. But here these people are trying to find a way of saving themselves apart from God. And that's a common problem that people still have in the world today. Maybe even yourself, trying to find a way forward in life apart from God. It's very, very common to do that. So these are all problems that the, the early inhabitants of the earth after the flood had. So the Lord came down and he put a stop to it. He mixed up their languages and they were unable to work together. And that, the result of that was they did spread out through the earth. And so we now have the outworking of what we read in the last chapter yesterday, the nations that ended up in all different places, with each with their own language. And this is how that happened. Now, what was that original common language? One Bible commentator that I read suggested it was Hebrew. Well, I think that's just a tempting thought because the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. But I, I don't know that that's true. 
Um, and there's a, there's a video that we have on our channel called What Language Was the Ten Commandments Written In? It's a Toby Talk video. You can go and find it. And there's a bit of discussion on Bible languages in there. I think you'd really enjoy it. I suggest it probably wasn't Hebrew. It was probably a long-lost language that is no longer around. But certainly this story explains why there is such diversity of language on the earth. You've got languages like the Latin language or the Greek language or the, the Romantic languages that have declensions in their verbs. I don't know if you've studied grammar, but there's all a whole heap of languages that are structured in this similar type of way. Then you've got languages like, say, the Aboriginal languages of Australia, which are just completely different to that. But then even in Australia, you've got Aboriginal tribes that lived here thousands of years, that their languages are grammatically so completely different to each other that they couldn't have descended from a common source. And these are tribal groups in the same nation of, nation of Australia today. Well, the Tower of Babel explains some of these differences quite nicely. And then we move on to the second part of the chapter where we see uh, the descendants of Shem right down to Abram and the beginning of the patriarchal period. And so from Ch Genesis chapter 12 on, which we'll get to tomorrow, we're going to start talking about the patriarchs. And, uh, and all of that is wonderful for our Christian faith. So what can we learn from Genesis chapter 11? Well, we learn that trusting God and obeying the Lord are important. Of course, the, the, these people in the story of the Tower of Babel didn't trust and they didn't obey. And when you don't trust and when you don't obey, it leads to chaos and confusion. That's what happens here. Because of the lack of trust and lack of obedience, the Lord intervenes and great confusion results. And of course, trying to save ourselves is a big mistake. It always takes us away from God, but we are all dependent on the Lord. Rather than trying to save ourselves without God, we instead go to God because he is our salvation. There's one more thing we can learn here. These people that were building the tower, they were going to achieve their outcome. And the Lord himself said, he said, because they've worked on this with one heart, they will achieve it. And just goes to show us the power that there is present when people have one heart and one mind for a common purpose. And even though this is an, an example of something negative, it illustrates to us the great power there is for us as Christians when we love one another and we work together for the cause of the Lord. So whatever church you're a part of, determine to cooperate and participate and not to fight and not to argue, but to be of one heart and to, to support it. And then encourage that church to do the same with fellow churches in your area so that you will have a group of Christians that work together because there's a lot of power and a lot can be achieved when we as believers do things together in the name of the Lord. So Father, help us to trust you even when things seem difficult and we don't understand the whole picture. Help us to obey you and to do the things you've asked us to do even when we don't understand them. And Lord, we throw ourselves on the, the mercies of the Lord. You are our salvation. And today I ask for your great grace to be released in our lives Bring us into the fullness of your plans and your purposes for us. In Jesus' name.